0: Man, so glad that you're here today. What a joy it is every Sunday to come together and worship Jesus Christ, lift his name up with you and sing praises to him, open up God's word and see what the Holy Spirit will reveal to us on any given day. And although we do come together as the family of God today, uh, we realize that we do worship Jesus Christ each and every day through our actions and our words, how we interact with other people, how we live our life. And uh, we want to praise him and rejoice in him every single day of our life. We are in the middle of a, s- a series right now, or today is the very end of that series, actually, where we're talking about Christian leadership. And I want to address the uh, the uh, video that was just shown. It was shown last week as well. Uh, appreciate our thirteen men that lead here as shepherds, and uh, we're going to go into detail about CrossPoint's structure uh, today, talking about all the things that we have uh, built on over these last several four or five weeks. Uh, The script that was used for the video is on the table just as you exit the door. uh, It's just a a short format, so if you didn't get everything that was said there in the video, please pick one of those uh, scripts up so you'll uh, be able to read through and see everything that was said and brought to light in that. But we are certainly glad that you're here today and want to say a special welcome to our guests that are in the audience. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we are a group of people who are broken, and we know that we need a Savior. We know that we need the hope that Jesus Christ offers, and so we have surrendered ourselves to him, and we've said, God, use us in your story how you see fit. We want to be a part of what you're doing in the world, and so we invite you into that process as well, and our hope today would be that maybe if you're looking for a church home, you could say, man, I have found it. I'd love to be a part of this great family here at Cross Point. So uh, think about joining us and being a part of that process. As Kale mentioned, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of ministry happening, and you can thank Tana for the way the uh, the stage looks. She spent a lot of time decorating and getting all the supplies together that you have donated toward kids in our community that otherwise would not be able to afford those backpacks uh, and the supplies that go in them. So thanks for joining us in that effort to help out. Uh, As he also said, we have an expectation that everybody be in a connect group, and those sign-ups are going on right outside uh, on the tables just through these doors, and so we want you to be involved. There's a couple of reasons why. Number one, that's our teaching model, and so for us to get deep into the Word of God, deeper than maybe we do on a Sunday morning sometimes, it's a great opportunity for you to kind of hash that out with other folks in the room, just to kind of talk about whatever uh, particular topic that uh, that you're on that particular day of, of the week. But it's also a great way to make connection with other people here at Crosspoint. I know living in a metro, it's kind of hard to meet up with folks throughout the course of a week. All of our busy schedules uh, seem to get in the way at times, but certainly a connect group is a way to draw closer to new friends here at Crosspoint. So we want you to be involved in that process uh, for sure. Well, as I mentioned, uh, we are in the last of a a series of lessons that we've talked about Christian leadership. And we started out talking about Jesus Christ as our example. That will always be our go to uh, example of what it looks like to be a leader. Because through Jesus' life, we get to see what sacrificial living looks like. We get to see what it looks like to be a servant, a slave to all, Uh, someone who would go all the way to the cross for his creation. He showed us what that means to be that type of leader that everybody wants to follow. And so we're also called in our Christian life, uh, no matter where you find yourself or your gift set, uh, to be that leader that God's called us to be. We then looked at some letters that Paul wrote, and specifically the letter to the Corinthian church. Paul reminds all of us that we're gifted in some way. The Holy Spirit has gifted us with a specific gift set. And among those gift sets, uh, some have been gifted with leadership. And so some of the guys uh, within our congregation who have been gifted that way have bubbled to the top as leaders here at Crosspoint. And so as we kind of have unpacked some of that over the last couple of weeks, we've taken a look at uh, what Paul says would be a great leader within the church that Jesus Christ died for. We took a look at some of those different intricacies that, uh, that really call a man into leadership and the type of character traits that he needs to have if he is going to lead within the church uh, that belongs to Jesus Christ. Uh, we talked, or have talked about them in past traditionally as qualifications of an elder, but we were reminded that that word doesn't actually exist in the Greek. So we're calling those character traits, and it should be something that you and I really should attain to as well, even if we're not a shepherd or an elder in a church, because it's what Jesus would look like in his own life. We also need to want to desire to be that type of person as well. We've also realized in that process early on in the church um, that function preceded title and position. And so today we have positions in the church that might be called an elder or a shepherd or a deacon or a ministry leader, but prior to that, it's the idea that they were already functioning and looking like Jesus Christ, and that's why those men uh, rose to positions of leadership within the church, because they were esteemed. They were men of integrity and character, that was just their nature to look like Jesus, and so the church respected them and, and kind of bubbled them to the top, if you will. We look at Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, where those leaders were described using verbs. And so it's not, not someone at the top who's kind of directing traffic or barking orders, but it's someone who's actually in the serving process, that they're a part of the community and they're working alongside everyone else with everyone else's gift set as well. Paul then talks to the church uh, leaders from Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, and he reminds those shepherds of their calling as church leaders, that they are to uh, disciple the families that are at their congregation, they're to teach them the story of Jesus Christ and how to live out that story in real life, practically in their own life. They're to be examples in that process, but also to protect the flock from the things that might come in from the world and how the world may attack the church at times, to just to make them aware that part of their calling is protection of the families that are within uh, the church as well. The, these are men who are esteemed, again, because they're of high character and integrity, not only within the church, but outside in the community in which they live as well. And these last two weeks, we took a look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 uh, and First, or rather, Titus chapter 1, and took a look at this collection of character traits that men who would be called leaders or shepherds within the church should have, and I've got them listed here on this slide. They are called, really, to, to be people who can manage their family well, who have children who obey them and respect them. So the idea here is it's it's a a person who really affirms family, who affirms marriage, who lifts that up in high regard, who kind of has himself as a a second within that context. Uh, We also talked about those children and maybe how old they are and certainly came to the conclusion that Paul is talking about children who still live at home. Uh, he, He said these men should be men that are above reproach meaning that uh, not they're perfect, but they're moving toward a Christ-like image, that they want to be more like Christ each and every day. And they're men who are above reproach not only within the context of church, but also in the community in which they live. It will be difficult for someone to find fault uh, in what they do or how they run their business or how they manage their family in some way. Uh, Again, needs to be faithful to his spouse and his family. Again, this idea that we are affirming marriage and family, that it is that important within the context of leadership that we're leading our family well, and that's kind of a proving ground that we can also help lead families who are within the context of church. This person should be self-controlled and gentle. So it's, it's a person who has learned how to be a little self-disciplined along the way. They, they've learned that this Christian lifestyle is, is a, a lifestyle that calls us to be compassionate and patient and long-suffering with those around us to, to teach those along the way how to accomplish that type of lifestyle. It's someone who is hospitable. And we learned that Greek word last week really meant a friend to strangers. So it's not about having your best friend and his family over uh, for Monday night football and burgers. No, it's really about inviting people into your home or going out to eat with them or, or having some time with them, maybe even people that you don't know or don't know well. And it's that kind of uh, hospitality that Paul is looking for in leadership within the church. They need to be somebody who can teach well. In other words, someone who knows the Christian lifestyle and what's really called uh, of a Christian to live that lifestyle out, who knows the the crucifixion story well, who's able to talk about grace and mercy and really what it means to follow this man called Jesus Christ. It's someone who's able to teach that in a context uh, and get the story down pat and understands what it means to live out that character that Jesus exemplifies for us. It's someone who's called to live wisely in the world, who makes good decisions in life. In other words, they've been around the block a few times. They know what it means to run a business that has some integrity, that has some character, to be a person that has integrity and character, that knows a little bit about the world but also knows what it means to be a part of a family of God. And finally, uh, Paul ends that list with this idea of someone having a good reputation uh, outside the church as well. So this person really, as you take a look, it's, it's a lot to ask for. If you're going to be a leader within the context of the church, Paul says as we look at Jesus' example for us, it calls for sacrificial living. It calls for someone who wants to be selfless in the way they approach life. Uh, this morning, it's a little different. You've probably seen some stools up here, and we're going to have a little panel moment with uh, three of our shepherds uh, out of the thirteen who are going to represent our thirteen men, just as I dialogue with them, uh, so you can be more informed about kind of what the structure is like here at Crosspoint, what uh, our men uh, go through each and every week, kind of as they they live this life out in leading a church. So I want to invite Leighton, Steve, and Michael to the stage if you'd come up at, at this time. And as they come, I want to remind us all that uh, you know over the last couple of three years we have talked about leadership. Here at Cross Point and what that really means for us. Living in the 21st century at a, in a post-modern church, how can we best as leaders attend to the families that are a part of this family of believers? And so uh, after a lot of prayer, a lot of discussion, uh, a lot of research in how maybe some other folks do it here in our metro area, uh, we made a decision in March of 2015, our shepherds did to kind of change the structure of our shepherding group a little bit. And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, that right now. Um, I want to remind us, too, that every single thing that we do, whether it's uh, leadership here, whether it's ministry, whatever it might be, we always use um, the, the mission statement of Crosspoint, which will be on the screen here momentarily. Uh, we see it up here on this uh, banner as Come, Connect, Become. But fleshed out, it reads like this, Helping people come into a relationship with God, Connecting with each other through the love of Jesus and becoming all Crosspoint families can through the Spirit's guidance. So our mission statement as we view everything through that lens, we want everybody to come into a relationship with God. We want to connect with one another as we live this Christian life out together. And we want to become everything that we possibly can as God has prepared for us uh, to become through that Spirit and his guidance. And so welcome you guys to the stage right now. and uh, want to talk a little bit about the structure as we open up of our current shepherding model and what that might look like I want to start with you Michael within that big umbrella of 13 uh, men uh, shepherds of this congregation and all of them are shepherds in this congregation we do have two subgroups within under that umbrella one is the governance group and the other is a shepherding group Michael is part of the governance group and just tell us a little bit about what that looks like what the purpose and task of that group is and uh, maybe even what your role is in that and how all that fleshes out amongst you.
1: Uh, one of the things that I first want to do is say thank you for the opportunity to be able to serve as one of your shepherds, and I know that all the guys feel the same as that. I mean, there's been so many of you that have followed us through the wilderness for two years without a building, and then as we've uh, come into this building and then uh, in size. so thank you for that opportunity. Now, I do want to ask one question. How many of you have ever served on a committee or something or an organization where you had to you know, be a part of a planning process. Let me see some hands here, if if I will. Thank you. Um, You know how easy it is to get caught up in all the minutiae of just the planning part of that, all the details. And so, so many times, the main point, which is connect, come, connect, and become, sometimes does not translate into a reality because of all the details that you go through in a meeting. And what we found as elders as we were working through this process and shepherds is that we were working a lot on the minutiae and the details and all of those things as an entire group of 13 men. And it was very difficult to, to move past that. It's just, in fact, we kind of fell into this routine. Now, now it's not saying that we weren't praying and we weren't going out and visiting with people, but I'm saying that it was so easy just to get caught in that trap uh, of, of just dealing with the details and everyday things rather than uh, doing more, which is to be a part of your lives and try to help you. So as we look through that process and search to find something, we, we, did, we did a lot of praying, we did a lot of discussion. You know, we came upon an organizational structure that we really liked, and that was where we took that entire group of 13 men, divided that group into a governance group and a shepherding group, And the governance group, we decided, was going to be a part of that everyday detail. So as a part of that group, we we look at meet uh, every two weeks and we look at the details. For example, the new building that's going up. We look at what are some things we want to make sure that happens with that. We look at the every details of the budget. And we look at details in regards to uh, anything that's happening here that needs to be done, uh, repairs, maintenance, those kinds of things. As a part of, in addition to, with working with individuals as we shepherd uh, this congregation. But that's the primary function of this governance group, is to try to work through and to try to look at the details. And then uh, Steve is going to explain a little bit about the shepherding group, um, which has a a little bit different role. So I'll let we go forward with that.
2: The majority of the shepherds, nine out of the 13, are part of the shepherding group. And we focus more on you and the family and the staff and uh, all the efforts that are going on for us to come connect and become more like Christ and more like uh, walking in his footsteps. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, we've totally ignored what else may be going on, nor does it mean that the governance group is totally ignoring you. Not at all. It just means that that is where our focus is and we have a mutual trust that we always had that we exercise that they can take care of things if they need to spend money, if if we've all agreed on the direction that we're moving and governance moves in those directions, they don't need to uh, ask for our opinion on all those things. They can move forward so that we can focus on what's going on here with the body. And so we, we all have folks that... Uh, We haven't told you about this, Uh, you're on my team, but each elder has a group of folks that they're concerned about uh, specifically to watch out for, to stay in contact with. And we all have different ways of doing that, but that is our focus. So the governance group does their business, takes care of the day-to-day activities of the church, the financial things, uh, uh, the building is an example. And if they need to, to make a change or make a decision, they make it. We trust them to make it. There are notes posted from every meeting. We also meet every other week on the opposite week that they meet. And we meet together about what's going on here. We pray for this family. We talk about the concerns that we may have, that you may have uh, in your families with a job, uh, all kinds of things may come up, and we pray earnestly over that. That is the majority of what we do. Before we did that, but as Michael said, it was very easy for us to become distracted, and that was not always our focus. And we knew there had to be a better way, and so that's why we made this move. We, we believe the Spirit led us to this, as the Spirit has led us on so many occasions uh, when we've got together and had to make decisions uh, of a more significant nature.
0: There are moments during the course of the year, too, where the whole group does come together. We know for sure at least twice a year that happens, uh, maybe more if needed. Layton, can you address that time and what that looks like?
3: Well, <clears throat> first, I'd like to say that there was one missing phrase up there when he was reading all of the characteristics of elders, there was nothing that said we're perfect. Mm, that's right. And uh, we make mistakes from time to time and uh, we apologize when we do that. Um, but please understand, we don't see ourselves as perfect. It's easy to listen to that list and start thinking that, uh, whoa, who are these guys? <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, I, will, uh, I will assure you that my bodily functions have odors.
3: TMI. What was the question?
0: So, you guys meet twice a year at least.
3: Thank you. Uh, we do meet twice a year formally, and then every once in a while, something that will come up where the um, either group can call the others together. We've had a couple occasions this year where serious issues arose that we thought all 13 of us needed to be involved in. So um, the the things that uh, do come up, we all do get together, but there's a level of trust between us that the other group is focused on their efforts. Uh, their minutes are posted on, well, it's not available to everybody, but we have an access where we can see the minutes uh, of their meetings they can see the minutes of our meetings so we keep up with each other of what's going on and if either group sees something in the other that they want to know more about we uh, we address that uh, but at least once a year uh, we get together to reevaluate what are the uh, the things that are going on during this past year that we feel like we need to do better and then the other Every other six months we have this scheduled meeting uh, where we get together and we literally, for about three hours with our wives, uh, pray for every one of you by name. And uh, that's a, a very moving experience as we go through uh, the list of names and we talk about things that are going on in your lives, things that, are, that you're struggling with, uh, things that you're celebrating and trying to be involved in your lives as a and as an entire group.
0: Thank you, Leighton. Um, we'll start with you. This is open for all three of you guys. How do, how do you guys connect with the family, the membership here? What are some ways that maybe you do that?
3: Um, I enjoy uh, standing out front, handing out uh, the program, and just saying hello, and I practice as many first names as I can, and... Uh, Sometimes it gets embarrassing when I call Sandra Judy, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but otherwise I'm doing that. I like to send out uh, uh, note cards to people, and uh, younger people I send text. <laughs> but uh, and it does bother me when I send out cards to younger people, wondering if they can read cursive. <laughs>
2: Anything you else want to add? Yeah, uh, sometimes a handwritten note. Um, I fluctuate on that. Some, some. I'll go through a period where I'll do quite a few, and then I'll have a desert time where I don't send many out. Uh, try to text people. Uh, I, that works really well. Uh, if I have uh, the moment to do so, if I hear about somebody asking for prayer, uh, I know it's important not to say we're praying for you, but I will text people a little prayer. And that's I want you to know if you get one, it's heartfelt. It's not an automatic uh, thing that I just press a button. And it'll have to be short, obviously, but uh, I think those things are important. Uh, certainly uh, reaching out to people with phone calls, inviting people to, to lunch once in a while, uh, to the house, those sorts of things are, are ways to stay connected.
1: You know, as all the guys, I um, try to make sure that I get around to see you during the mornings, and sometimes that doesn 't all i 'm not able to get to see everybody just because of the fact that I may be up here singing or back in the booth but but I really work on trying to make sure I get a chance to meet you and talk with you and again, like Leighton mentioned, you know i don 't remember all the names, but I do remember faces and uh, make sure that uh, I am uh, there for you and and one of the things that I think that it's real important for you guys to know is to make sure that if you have something that's on your heart share it with us. Um, just talk with the brother this morning about a, a very difficult emotional situation in his family and we're working to you know he, he's um, um, struggling and so we had a prayer this morning and and I think that's one of the things we'd love to see not just us do but it, even you guys go around the congregation as you arrive in the mornings you take the time If you hear hear a brother or sister struggling, go ahead and just take a few seconds right there and and pray. Uh, The power of prayer really has helped us uh, through uh, all the things that we've been doing uh, here at Crosspoint.
0: One thing I'd like to ask, too, is um, we've talked over time over the last few weeks, especially about gift sets and how everyone has a gift set. Uh, The Holy Spirit's gifted all of us according to Scripture. Um, What are ways that the shepherds kind of empower people to pursue their passion or to, to run after their gift set if they feel they've been called to do that? What are some things that happen that you guys empower and let happen?
3: Uh, I lead a connect group, and uh, it's a great privilege when I'm out of town to be able to have somebody else in my group to uh, to lead that. Uh, Joe has led it. Uh, Mickey has led our group. And uh, it's just a way to get people involved in uh, because every time you study a class, uh, you learn so much more. And so uh, inviting people to be a, a co-teacher. Hmm. Uh,
2: as I read that question, Tim did give us a list of questions, so we had a moment to think about it. lest you think we're all so glib. But uh, Celebrate Recovery came to my mind. Because that wasn't something the elders drove, directed, uh, mandated at all. That was... Absolutely, people from this body had a passion about something. It took a lot of time to, to come together and to be ready to do it, but Ken uh, sitting over here is one of those, and uh, there are many others who made that happen. We, we were blessed to be able to provide the facilities and the encouragement uh, for that, but uh, that mm. came to my mind.
1: Great example. And Really, I want to encourage you that if you have something on your heart that you feel like we need to be doing, um, don 't sit back and wait for us to ask you to do it. just go ahead and get started or come talk to us about it because we we want to be about the lord 's business. We want to share the gospel of Christ to those in whatever format we can as tim 's already mentioned our our we don 't have traditional Bible classes our adult Bible um, um, structure is through our connect groups so we encourage you to get a, to be a part of that and if you you feel like that you want to be a part of one of the organizations like uh, the Kale organized for last week when we had all of the groups here, um, that, that's something that I encourage you to do. Be sure, you know, try to, to think about it in terms of how, not how much that you can get out of church, but how much you can put in and give to, and I promise you'll get much more out of this congregation when you're involved and a part of us.
0: That's a good point, Michael. We we tend to, because we live in America, we have, if we're not careful, we can fall into that consumer-type attitude, even when it comes to church. And so, Michael's so right. We, we've got to be forward-thinking and thinking about how, how am I gifted? How is the Spirit wanting to use me? What am I passionate about? And try to pursue that passion as well. Well, it's already been said uh, that you guys are not perfect, as none of us are perfect. So in that regard, as leaders, how do you uh, go about educating yourself in leadership for a church. What are some ways that you get encouraged, that you get empowered, uh, that you learn what it means to be a church leader?
1: I do want to, to, to let you know that the elders just don't meet and just meet up with ourselves and just talk. We bring in speakers that we feel like of topics that may be of interest, that may be of uh, something that is uh, important, um, uh, maybe in society, and we bring in speakers that come and talk to us uh, we study scripture together. We we really take some time to pray about it and discuss it. And so that whenever, whatever that situation may come up in, this, in our congregation, then we're able to at least look at it in terms of being able to, to deal and work through it, uh, just through the study of it. And so it's important that, uh, that we have other people come in. We're not just only studying on our own or doing connect groups, which... Uh, helps improve, uh, I think, what uh, we know about the Bible. But it's certainly uh, bringing other folks in and just listening to other ideas is important.
2: Yeah, I would tell you that many times I feel quite inadequate. Uh, certainly I uh, have my ups and downs, but you encourage me. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times when I have thought, what am I doing here? Well, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm messing up, and one of you has come up to me and encouraged me, spoke about something that we have in common, something that we may share, and you have lifted me up. I received a, a wonderful message from a sister last week that uh, was along those lines. She encouraged me and told me how much she loved me, but she also challenged me about some things that uh, that she thinks we need to address. So I appreciate that and. And to echo, Michael, there are things that, uh, that some of us have been able to be a part of. Something called Elder Link is put on by ACU each year, and we've had some really good things come out of that from sessions we've been there uh, about women's uh, uh, roles in the church, which, uh, you know, women have always been leaders in the church. We've just ignored it many times, and... Uh, we're, we're, we're looking and facing things that, uh, that we need to learn and grow in and we can always learn. And that's one thing that I would encourage all of us as we read, as we study, keep our minds open because there's something there that the Spirit will guide us to and I feel that way. The Spirit is constantly growing me.
3: Hmm. It's always tricky being last. It's kind of like <laughs> filling your canteen downstream from the herd. Wow. But I'm encouraged by a couple of former elders in, in our midst this morning, Wayne Moore and Terry High. Uh Both of them no longer wear the title of elder, but they still are actively engaged in meeting people and wi- working with people. Uh, Terry's talked about the, the people around where he sits, where... Uh, He's looking for people who might be hurting uh, and new people that he wants to meet. And uh, that's an encouragement to me of of the role any one of us can play, of just being alert to new people and people who uh, might, during our greeting time, be alone, uh, looking for opportunities to uh, touch people's lives. And it encourages me when I see all of you engaged in that.
0: Thanks. One last question. Uh, For us as a congregation, we know that you guys do an incredible amount of work behind the scenes. We don't see much of what you do. Um, You've revealed some of that this morning. So as a congregation of of people who believe in Jesus Christ, but also want to support you in your leadership role, what are some things that, that we could do that would help support you, encourage you, help facilitate your role and using your gift set in leadership? So as a congregation, what, what could we do to help you out? What were some things you would tell us? First time, they've all been quiet. Just want
2: to... I, I don't remember that question on the list.
0: That was not one of the questions.
2: <laughs> the thing that comes to my mind is to put your, put your faith into action. I'm thinking in, in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount closes with... Um, a lots i 'm really paraphrasing this big time, but you know don't just be hearers but be doers of the word. you know it talks about the wise man uh, you know it 's like the if you don 't do what you hear and what you know and you don 't put it in action you 're like that foolish guy that builds his house on the sand and it 's going to get washed away. so I encourage you to put what you 're hearing here uh, and and your daily scripture reading and all those things that you know, put them into action take a chance, be committed to something uh, you know, our society today doesn't want to commit to anything it seems and so commit to a connect group, sign up for mine if you'd like uh, we've got room on the list we would love to have you be a part of it uh, go uh, get into the community uh, I'm a part of Bible Study Fellowship takes a commitment to do it, but you will get so much out of it. If you've never heard of it, the sign-ups are going on now. There are classes all over the Metroplex, and many here at Crosspoint are a part of it because we don't have a, a traditional teaching model. It is another way for you to get into the Word, and you'll get into it like no Bible class you've ever been to. You'll grow like you've never grown before. Uh, just in challenging and encouraging you to... Walk the walk when you leave this building and uh, be an ambassador in your workplace. Be aware of, uh, pray with people in your workplace. When they say, gee, I'd love to have a prayer, don't just say, I'll pray for you. Stop, as Michael said, and take, can I pray now? Can we pray now? Those are just things that pop into my head.
3: I'd like to say two things. One, uh, I noticed Todd Witt back there and, We talked about uh, Celebrate Recovery a minute ago, and Todd and Nita have been an inspiration to me of the way they have uh, been engaged in that program, Ken and Melanie as well. Um, But the other thing is about connect groups. One of the things we've learned this year and we're growing through is that in connect groups, it's not like a Bible class where you sit there and you listen to somebody talk. You really become engaged in people's lives at a much deeper level. And uh, this past year, we struggled with uh, one of our families really having a deep struggle, and we didn't do a very good job in our group of helping them through a very difficult time in their life. But it's it's the power of just being in a group where you. Uh, you're actually engaged in conversation, everybody is talking, and you're starting to expose your life Uh, is just a very powerful experience. It's more than a Bible class.
1: Hmm. You've heard a theme. The theme is get involved. Be a part of something more than yourself. And you've heard from all three of us. Well, the one thing I would like to encourage you to do, though, if you just can't get involved, you've got so many things going, just pray for us. Pray for the decisions we make. Pray for other people that are around you, as we said earlier. Um, pray for yourself. And then don't be afraid to come and talk to us. So many times it's, it, it's that first step of coming to talk to someone, to tell them, you know, I'm suffering and I need somebody to help me, to pray for me to give me some, some strength and encouragement. And that is probably the most difficult thing for you to do, and we encourage you to do that. Whether you call us, whether you email us, whether you text us, whether you call the office and they call us, you know, do the, make that first step to let us know that you're struggling or that you have something exciting to tell us. And uh, we, we will certainly uh, be a part of that and enjoy being a part of that.
0: Well, thanks for sharing, guys. Appreciate y'all being on stage today. Don't leave just yet. i want to invite the rest of the shepherds that are here, if you'd come on up on stage and right behind them, if uh, the staff would come on up too. I want to pray over these men who are leading our congregation. Uh, praise team can go ahead and come up too if you would. Uh, and frankly, anybody that would like to come up and be a part of the prayer and just kind of lay your hands on our shepherds, just a show of support to say we love you. We want to be a part of what you're doing here as well, and we thank you for what you're doing. Let's uh, let's bow together, God. This morning we we come before you, just acknowledging that all that we have and all that we do is because you are God. We acknowledge that you are the Almighty God, and God, we praise and adore you. We lift your name on high. We know that we would not be the people we are without you in our life, and God, I want to say thank you, God, for the men that you have prompted to become leaders here at this congregation that god you would be with them that you would hold them close to you that you would allow them to think through the lens of jesus christ that you would have your holy spirit deeply and richly upon them in their lives i pray god that you would help us as a congregation support uh, our shepherds here at this congregation to realize and know that the uh, the burden they carry for all the families here is great their true desires that all of us would come connect and become more like you god i thank you for your ability to come into our lives to move us and motivate us to help us see and pursue what uh, you have laid on our hearts to be passionate about and i thank you for the wisdom and the friendship of these men and i pray god again a blessing upon them and their families and i pray god as we continue to grow here at cross point that your spirit would be lifted up in this place that it would not be about us or the building or anything in this in this room, God, but it would be all about Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for again, for all that you've done for us, that you continue to do, and all that you will do for us in the future. And it's in Jesus' name we offer this prayer. Amen.